Hey everybody, welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Vanessa Raglan. Hey V. Hey C, how are you? I'm good. Great. Episode 201, we're done celebrating. Yeah, it's over. <laughs> now we're back in the trenches and it's not so fun anymore. We'll get excited at 250. Oh, next year. <laughs> Probably longer oh, yeah, than that. Oh yeah, longer than that actually. <laughs> it takes a little while to get to those numbers when you're not releasing three a week. So we just have about, uh, you know, just shy of two years of doldrums ahead of us. Right. And oh then boy. When we're out. Of it. We'll drum it. We'll be out of it. Okay. Welcome. I hope you're doing great. Check out our website, com. Leave us a five star review on iTunes and go screw yourself. Whoa. <laughs> Damn. It's like, we did 200. Whatever happens now, who gives a shit? It's all over That's now. Right. Uh, but welcome to the show, guys. We have a really fun guest today, Craig Kukowski, who is, well, if you're an improviser, he's, he's a legend. He's a legend. Uh, he's also on television and things. <laughs> he's in Thrilling Adventure Hour. He's in uh, Community playing Officer Kukowski. It's nice when they name him after yourself. Yep. Uh, and he's on Drunk History. He reenacts in there all the time, um, <sighs> amongst other things. So uh, really excited to talk to him. And uh, that will be fun. We will do that thing where we talk, ask questions, let it go, where it goes, our whole thing. That's right. That's what we do. <laughs> I think we figured out our formula. We're nothing if point. not consistent. That's right. Uh, the tiny bit of housekeeping we're going to do is tiny, but here's a good announcement. <gasps> what uh, is it? We're going to be doing Birthday a Birthday cake for breakfast. Oh, boy. Yay! I don't know if it's that good. <laughs> we're going to be doing a live podcast at WonderCon this year. We did it again last We did last year at Anaheim, but yep. now it's in L.A. this year, which makes Woo-hoo! it really easy for us and also easy for us to bring in some fun guests. Yeah. Uh, so it is at the LA Convention Center on Friday, March 25th from 8 to 9 p.m. in room 515A. And you guys should go and you should have, there's that good uh, cocktail place when the, in the big mall. What is it? It's like Trader, oh, Trader Sam's or... Uh, Trader Vic's? Yeah, or, Trader Vic's. Yeah, oh, Trader nice. Sam's is in Disney, which is the best. Right, it is good. Uh, but you guys could go to Trader Vic's, get schloshed, come see us <laughs> at the podcast, hoot and holler. It's going to be like a Trump rally. Oh, um, I don't know about that. <laughs> just kidding. But we have two great guests yes, lined we up. Do. They're, they're returning guests to the podcast. We always have a lot of fun with them. It's Pinky and the Brain themselves. Oh, my gosh. Rob Paulson and Maurice LaMarche. My heart throbs. They're so much fun. Yeah. Love those guys. So uh, if you have a pass to WonderCon, I think you can still buy some same like one day passes in addition to the weekend passes. I think there's some left. And I um, really think my idea to get go to the place, <laughs> have a drink, come to the show. It's not the worst idea. Have another drink. I'm Ubering. Idea. I'll tell you that much right now. Uh oh. Yeah. So if you want to see Vanessa <laughs> doing her best not to swear when they have a little placard in front of us that says "Don't swear," there's kids in the audience. <laughs> come see us at WonderCon. On Friday, March 25th, 8 to 9 p.m. in room 515A. That's 515 Fonzie. Come see us there. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. Five stars or bust. <laughs> that would be helpful. <laughs> it helps us to get featured and lets us know that uh, people are still listening. Yeah. Um, you can also uh, uh, write us an email. Us. Yeah. Info at Pop My Pop. Uh oh. Pop my polstice. <laughs> pop my polestar? What? <laughs> Info uh, at popmyculturepodcast.com. There you go. Thank we will you. read them all. We'll write you back. Uh, just say hello. It's it's fun to hear from peeps. It really is. And uh, I'm, of course, talking about chewy marshmallow peeps because Easter's coming mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. There you go. I'm going to bite your head off and put you in the microwave. Oh, you're in a rare mood today, Vanessa. <laughs> I can't wait to meet Craig. Mm-hmm. 
boy. Um, we're also primarily listener supported. We have straight sponsors here and there, like our friends at Mac Weldon, who are not sponsoring this, this episode. And if there's any lady underwear brands out there, or cosmetics, or dresses that want to sponsor us, <laughs> I would love that. So if you work for something that women like, and also women like other things, but I'm speaking to my interests, um, or some sort of like wine of the month club, or what else would I like? Uh, massages at home, in-home massage club. If any of these things would like to sponsor us, just drop me a line. Thanks. I'm very <laughs> jealous of the underwear situation. It's getting out of control. There you go. But yeah, primarily listener supported. There's a donate button on our website. Popmyculturepodcast.com. <laughs> any little bit is appreciated. We will give you a shout out on a future episode. Woody woo! Well, let's get to it, shall we? We shall. We'll be right back with Craig Kukowski. Uh, our guest today, well, he's a tremendously great improviser, for one, and an actor for two, and he probably like makes a great ship in a bottle. I don't know. Uh, Craig Kukowski is here. Welcome. Oh, I can't wait to talk about my ship in a bottle oh, skills. Oh, really? <laughs> hey, people do that, huh? People do do that. I don't think I have the patience to do that. Well, is it all done... With tweezers. Is that the <laughs> sort of situation so. it is? you got to have good tweezer skills. There's something where you have to collapse it yeah, to get it in. Yeah, it's got to to get it in. You, like, There's an art to the collapsing. It. Yeah, and then they put it in the bottle and then so you So what do you up. think ha- happened to those people that do that? What is that a symptom of? That that's what you... I mean, you want a lot of control. Here's what I think it is. I think you want that something to be safe. children were shrunk in a terrible accident. And oh, they're honey, trying to I build them the a vehicle to use to get around. And it needs a lot of precision. So why are they putting it in a bottle? They don't want their kids to get out. Yeah, I think that's the most likely explanation. Right. You're probably right. I'm such an idiot. It's <laughs> shipping a bottle is a plot point on the current ABC drama, The Family. Have you watched that? Uh, no, I have not as of yet. Is I watched really? one and a half episodes, and I'm like, ah, I'm giving up on this. <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> but the idea is, there's a uh, this family, and they have a child who's abducted, right? And uh, and he's kind of uh, you know a little Aspergersy, and he as a kid he was doing all these ships and bottles. And then as an adult, or maybe 10 years later, somebody shows up claiming to be this kid, but the siblings are like, he doesn't remember the ships and the bottles. It can't be him. Oh, Oh. sure. You wouldn't forget about it. You wouldn't. No. No. No, That kind of thing stays with you for life. It's like riding a tiny bike. Like (laughs) riding a tiny bike inside a bicycle. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he would do a collapsible bike, one of those. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. He would be that that guy. Yeah, he totally would be. Oh, sorry I made that. So, all right, we'll start with this goofy thing. So we tend to not talk about politics and stuff on the show, but this is since transferred over to sheer lunacy. Yeah. Uh, And that's the whole Donald Trump thing. Uh, But right now, there is a there's a famous hot dog place in Chicago called the Wiener's Circle. And they are offering a three inch hot dog in honor of Donald Trump's uh, manhood. Uh, So it's called the Donald Trump Footlong. And, of course, it's three inches long. <laughs> and, of course, people are eating it up. Yeah. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Literally. I think just the, the metaphor of that is so gross that I couldn't eat the hot dog no. without thinking about it. I'm with it in theory. Yeah. No. As satire. As satire, hot it's dog delicious. Hot dog places don't typically real life. engage in satire. Yeah, the owner must have been so excited. Like, this is our big chance. Or maybe it's the owner's son. Like, Dad, we can finally get satirical in here. Well, do you know what the Wiener Circle is specifically known for? Mm-mm. It's for cursing at you. All uh, right. And... 
I never really went there. It's uh, it's on, I think, Clark Street, just a little north of Fullerton. So I would never lived immediately in that vicinity. But uh, Wiener Circle was a great late night place to go. And uh, in the early 90s, I think there was one employee who was just cranky and profane and she would curse at people. Uh, and she'd be like, what the fuck do you want? Uh, you and just grosser, grosser stuff than that that I won't besiege your listeners with. But I think then it became their thing of like we're going to curse at you <laughs> and we're going to be rude to you. So That's it's like, kind of in keeping with the Wiener Circle right. uh, it's their, philosophy. Yeah, it's, it fits their brand. It's brand appropriate. Sure, it's on brand. <laughs> I haven't been to any of those places. There's also, isn't it like... Dick's Crab Shack. Dick's Crab Shack. Or something. It's, Vince DeBet. De- De- well, De- Dick's sure. Last Resort and Dick's Joe's Crab Shack. Oh, yeah. Do they Dick's both Crab do it? Dick's Crab Shack is not a licensed business. <laughs> <laughs> That's just something I was doing <laughs> as a sort of passion project. <laughs> there was another place in Chicago with Ed DeBevick. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Ed but that's more just like fake rudeness. Right. Well, the as opposed to actual. What's the Dick one? Dick Slash Resort. Resort. I remember I went there with like one of my friends in elementary or like middle school. Her family wanted to go there, and like it was going to be so fun. Like everyone kept telling me how fun it was going to be. They were sort of one of those rougher families, (laughs) and I was from like the opposite, the most sort of idyllic situation. And I was so excited (laughs) because in my head it was like Chuck E. Cheese or something with games because it was supposed to be so fun. And then you get there and they're like wrapping people up in paper and writing insults on them. I did not like that. That's got to be weird. Like, how do you, what do you get written up for? You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, what's the thing? Like, uh, sorry, you said thank you when they paid the tip. Uh, We can't have that here. I feel like the people who want to go to those restaurants are the kind of people who are looking for an excuse not to tip. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's like people who don't go out a lot. It's like, well, they were rude to me. Or maybe they, they maybe the one time enough. they do tip generously. Yeah, right. like, finally, <laughs> somebody to get it. And, like, if you're a server, they're like, where's the line? Like, what are you allowed to do? What are you not allowed to do? Because, like, I've seen, like, little clips you go viral. You can't kiss on the lips. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, so it's like a hooker situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, sure. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I've seen like the viral videos. Like, waitress is so sassy and rude, and it's like obviously at one of those places, and they're trying to pretend that it's not. And she's just like, "Hey, look at you, Baldy. Why don't you put your thing?" Like, I'm like, "There's got to be, like, where does the line? Sure, where can you not go? Hey, fetal alcohol syndrome. You, uh, you know what I mean? Like, that person's like, "Whoa, hey, I was we got to add that to the pamphlet. That wasn't okay or something." But I think Don Rickles does workshops with these people <laughs> to let them know just how far to push it while still being endearing. Oh, he's got the face for it, though. Sure. <laughs> Not all those people do, you know. You can get away with it if you got that sure, face. There's a type of face that yeah. you'll take insults from. Right, because you're like, he's probably had some thrown at him. Sure. But when the person is too good looking, no, no. Yeah. Do you think, like, when Rickles is on his deathbed, if that ever happens, it seems like he's just going to keep going No, forever. he's going to be immortal. Right. That he'll be like, tell... The Asians, I'm sorry. Uh, the Italians, I didn't mean it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. Or is he to just hurl off some total insult and be like, maybe he'll. Oh, look, look, look at death. Death's coming for you, huh? You hockey puck. <laughs> like, yeah. What's it going to be? Yeah. I hope puck. he's fake racist till he dies. That's right. Uh, R.I.P. Don Rickles one day. Not <laughs> now. Scary. To even Keep going, say buddy. That. Keep going. Um, well, one thing actually I want to talk about too is uh, so we're coming up to summer movie season very soon. It's creeping up on us, which means every three out of every four movies is superhero related. I think Yawn. pretty much it's getting kind of ridiculous. Like I like a lot of the superhero movies, but it's getting to be 
completely ridiculous. It's oversaturated. It is. But the uh, Captain America Civil War latest, the last trailer, as we're calling it, um, has a shot of Spider-Man in it. They kind of revealed him because he's in it now. Now, every superhero movie now is the Avengers. They, like, throw in right. as many heroes as they can. Then one of them, like, they'll introduce a new one in their own little movie with the other ones making cameos, and then they throw them into the mix. Because it makes sense. And then DC's trying to do the same thing with their world. Yeah, with Justice League coming up right. and all that stuff, too. So they're trying to do that as well. But that trailer was got 100 million views in 24 hours online. Ooh, whoa. Is, who is Spider-Man in this? Uh, it's a kid whose name I cannot remember, but he's actually like a high school kid. Really? Whoa. And then the trailer, like, basically, like, Donnie Jr. goes, like, hey, uh, I didn't want to do this, but hey, Underoos. And then you see, like, Captain America's shield get snatched up with some webbing and go to Spider-Man. He's like, hey, hey, everybody. Like, basically is what he does. <laughs> and then everybody's, like, freaking out online because they're like, oh, Spider-Man. Wait, freaking out in a good way? In a good way. Because, well, this is the first one where Spider-Man has actually been a teenager, like, but it's in the Civil a War nerdy, geeky. era? No. <laughs> I wish. Oh. That would be amazing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm unfamiliar. That, that battle with Stonewall Jackson. Oh. That's what I've been Hulk imagining. looks incredible. Yeah. Wait, Great. What is it? <laughs> well, Captain America gets sent back to the Battle of Bull Run. <laughs> and things happen as they should have the first time. Uh, wait till you hear Tony Stark's Gettysburg Address, because it is off the chain. <laughs> Four score, and I don't know why I'm telling you this, Jarvis. Um... <laughs> it's basically, it's called Civil War because it's, it's like Captain America versus I Iron really Man. thought it was in the Civil War. I'm not joking at all. So Bucky, his childhood friend, who was the Winter Soldier, who died in Captain America, but then came back, but I don't know. He's like a major plot point in this, and so Cap wants to protect him and this Cap. whole thing. Aww. And uh, but then on the other side, there's Iron Man. Like basically, they're splitting the Avengers in half. What time period does this happen in? Modern day. Modern okay. day. Okay. The you future. Know, <laughs> modern no. day. Modern day. Okay. It's called Civil War because it's two factions of heroes fighting. No, each the other. Civil War is just the name for that one. You know how superheroes and mutants live and work among us. Yeah. In modern day. So just yeah. like regular it's like, today. It's our world. Like it right takes now. Place in our world. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> and most of Manhattan or the Hell's Kitchen area was right. uh, devastated in a uh, and Gotham <laughs> interstellar is war around sure. us. Well, Gotham, that's a fake world. We're talking oh. about our world. Right? Oh, yeah. You know, the Marvel these, universe. Gotham I just like those. Right? Mo- I like the notebook. <laughs> I like the notebook, and that's the beginning and the end of it. Sure. Have you seen the trailer for Notebook Civil War? <laughs> <laughs> I would watch the shit out of that. I, I mean, they should seriously do that. Remake that exact movie. He's obviously Union. Um, she's Confederate. Yeah. No. No, she's just the daughter of a Confederate general. Oh, okay. And they have this. Will they? Won't they? The same thing happens in the rain. There's uniforms. <laughs> I'd see Notebook 2, Day Planner. <laughs> Notebook 2, Trapper Keeper. Trapper Keeper, yeah. yeah. I'd be into that. I'd be Lisa good. Frank's Trapper Keeper. <laughs> but yeah, like now, now these things are just like, they're completely ridiculous because there's so many heroes in them. Like, you know, Ant-Man's in it too. Paul Rudd's back. Right. Um, like everybody's great for merch. combining up. I mean, it's, it makes sense. Like, Does it? None of it makes sense. <laughs> Done. I will see Captain America. I've enjoyed the Captain America movies thus far. Good, yeah. I think they're a cut above the Avengers movies. Yep. Oh. I think. Who's your favorite on that squad of hmm. creators? I like Cap. You do? Sure. 
Uh, I like Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. I yeah. enjoyed. He's, he's good at that. They, I feel like they finally got Hulk right in this last series of films. I think so Starting too. With Avengers before, like every other time they tried it, it was just a CGI beast that didn't look right and didn't have his sort of. It was just like he would wreck stuff, but it didn't have his like sense of like anarchy and malice that he has in the Avengers movies. Like when he just yeah. was flinging around, you know, um, what's his face? <laughs> like there's just kind of I don't know. They finally got it right. Because the Hulk's not that exciting when you think about it. It's just a guy that gets mad and breaks shit. It's just a bad man. <laughs> yeah. It's domestic abuse waiting to happen. Yeah, I don't really like that guy as an analogy for anything. Oh, he seems so nice. I deserved it. He's a bad man. We all have this rage inside no, us. No, we don't. We have, to leave. we have to work that shit out before we get to be members of society. And he's rewarded for it. Basically, well, I mean, the they, government they tries channel. to constantly blow him up and stuff. But. No, he's treated like a monster. I don't know if he's rewarded. Yeah. He's rewarded like a king. I'm very familiar with all the superheroes. You know who's pissed about it? It's whoever makes those purple pants for him. Sure. Every time. Yeah. Hey, Diana, uh, I got bad news. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I just made you 10 new sets of purple pants. Did you have I put a drawstring in. I was in traffic. Because <laughs> he got angry in traffic. One weekend when you're not pissed off. Please. Just take one weekend off. We're at the Notebook 2 Civil War. Chill out. <clears throat> so sad. <laughs> yeah, I grew up with Marvel Comics, but I, I wouldn't call myself a fanboy, and I'm not up to date on what's going on in the comic books. I'm the exact same way. Yeah. So I'm familiar with all the characters. I love some of the characters. You know, they they hit some of those childhood buttons for me, but I don't have an agenda for what these movies need to yeah. be or how the superheroes They don't need to fail behave. you. No, yeah, I don't care about that, but it feels like the it's just it's a con game that the studios have going where yeah. they know they're like we'll reboot every three or four years. You it's know, crazy how and quick we'll get the, the fanboys excited. Yeah, I will say like the related to this is the fact that because Deadpool is huge, 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 and it's like the first R-rated superhero movie that's done that. I mean, Kick-Ass did pretty decent for what it was, but. Like it's the a, execs that made Kickass are rolling their eyes and kicking the wall right now. Pretty decent. I think they did a great job. Keep going. As far as their, as far as their box office receipts went, sure, like based on what it cost or whatever. But Deadpool was gigantic. So now, unfortunately, it's kind of sending the wrong message. I think because now the next Wolverine movie is going to be rated R. Yeah, that's kind of right. shame. Which is doesn't make any real sense because I mean, yes, Wolverine is destructive and stuff, but you can. It's just a lot of hacking and slashing. From that standpoint, maybe it's just the language will be more because in he's had that like the one f bomb in the one X Men movie a few years ago was his cameo saying right. they're trying to recruit him and he goes fuck off and they leave which is great which is very wolvy but like I don't know if the idea <laughs> is we cap. need to have <sighs> we need to have these be rated R like I don't it works for Deadpool it's very meta and funny and goofy. But I don't think you need to send that and message. And Hugh Jackman is a song and dance man at heart. <laughs> he is. So I think it's all... Fuck off. <laughs> I'm bad I'd watch. <laughs> and he's far too tall. Let's let's be honest. Wolverine yeah, Wolverine's just, shorter? He's a tiny little dude. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he's like 5'5 five, five in the comics and stuff. Ugh. He's a little ball of hate. Like, he's, yeah. he's not this giant strapping Australian. Australian. I think but. also the meta-ness, I, I understand, you know, Deadpool has to go further with it, but I felt like even in the Joss Whedon movies, like, it's a little too self-referential, and that's why Robert Downey Jr. is grating on my nerves a little bit with the meta. Yeah. Uh, so I, I want to believe in the world a little more. I want to be able to delve into it, and I don't need all these self-referential jokes. All the winks constantly. Yeah, I think, again, those are winks to the fanboys. Yeah. 
Yeah. I mean, I I sort of enjoyed that about Deadpool because it did it immediately. The opening title scrawl was hilarious. I don't know if you saw it, but... It's, I've avoided it. It's, it's uh, if it literally like... If it remains on the IMDb Top 250 by the end of the year, I'll see it. Whoa, hardball. I try to Craig see everything Kikowski. on the IMDb Top 250. Even the opening credits, it's like Deadpool starring God's Perfect Idiot. A hot chick. Like, it doesn't say the names of the stuff. It just does mm. that. Which yeah. Like, okay, like, That's it sets funny. the tone very early. <laughs> And there's just a lot of goofy things in it. But it works for that film. Like, I wouldn't want to see that, like, go over to the other <laughs> movies. Because yeah. I don't think it would work for that. Well, speaking of winks for fanboys, Fuller House, have you guys watched the whole season yet? <laughs> I've not watched it yet. Yes. I, I have absolutely no agenda for Full House or Fuller House. Okay. did not watch the show growing up. Uh, my wife watched the first two episodes and thought it was horrific and reported you, back to me. You know what you've got to do? You've got to tell her to keep going. Because <laughs> this is what I, I have a baby. I have no time to watch anything. Sure. But for some reason, I decided, like, I'm taking this one on. Like, this is my baby to figure out. I'm going to deal with it. So I hated the first. I mean, I hated it so much. Like, I was groaning and yelling. But I kept watching it. Any, any night at 11 that I had a little time, I would... Do another episode. And somehow when I got to episode five, everything shifted and I wow. started getting it. Episode five, that's one on the Civil War, right? <laughs> that was the Civil War up. And they, brother versus brother. Um, hey, brother. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know if anyone listening has had the same experience. But it What became, kicked in? Was it you or was it them? It was me. It was definitely me. They are doing the same bad thing. Sure. But it became a delight, a true delight to watch because it's so cheesy and bad. And I think once you kind of like really get how shamelessly bad it is, like it is not trying to be anything other than like a saccharine bad show. Right. With all these like winks of like, remember what we did when like 20 years ago? And somehow it became like your favorite drunk aunt or something like that, where you're just like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> and my husband joined me uh, like around episode five, and I was like, honey, you can't ruin this for me because like I just you know figured out how to watch this, and I thought he was going to make fun of it. And then he got totally hooked, <laughs> and it was – I mean, they do – there's an episode where they all randomly know they're all white people, okay? The whitest people you've ever seen. We're supposed to, I mean, there's an episode where they randomly all do a Bollywood dance. Really? And it's choreographed. And everyone okay. has costumes on at a party. And it's like a themed party, but somehow everyone knows the choreography. It's that kind of camp. And I really liked it. So it hit those nostalgia buttons for you of, of what it felt I don't like? know what it hit. Really? I thought I thought it was going to hit nostalgia buttons. <laughs> and instead it hit a new button that was just more like, who are you? And it felt so funny and dumb to watch. It was very escapey. Right. That's the thing is like. I saw the immediate backlash when it got released. All the yeah. critics being like rolling their eyes at it, and all the people being like, "This is the worst waste of time." Blah blah blah. But I was like, "Do you you know what this is a sequel to?" It's right? exactly like because it was. Full House yeah. is like it's not going to hold up. It doesn't hold up yeah. in a sense. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, it was it great. It's a famously bad scene. Yes. Right. When, yes. you, when you were 10, you liked watching it. but And then you have a place in your heart for it because you grew up with it or whatever. Yeah. And then if you have kids who are 10, they'll probably like it. But it's not meant for this, these 20-somethings to watch. Uh, you know, unless they're trying to do it ironically or whatever. And it's, it's not, not ironic. Yeah, it can't it's be, not meant for that's that. That's kind of, I think, what happened by that fifth episode. I've shedded all expectations for it to have any modern sensibility about it or any kind of, like, we're not doing a good job. Like, they are so proud of what they're doing <laughs> the whole time. And it feels good. That's all. 
Those shows right. for me, I'm a little older, so those shows for me were like Brady Bunch, Partridge Family, oh, yes. Family Affair, you know, things like that. Those that's what I watched at that age. And then my youngest sister is about full house age yeah. and growing pains and oh, the, yeah. all the TGIF sitcoms, yeah. right? So that's I have up. no nostalgia for that era, but like the but the the Brady Bunch is equally bad. But then know? when they remade Brady Bunch for a movie, they winked at how bad it was. Yeah. It was all camp. And this is not so. This is straight up. <laughs> I mean, I just can't wait for everyone to watch it. <laughs> well, they got renewed for a second I season. I know. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, yes. The right. critics were like, cut it out. And they were like, no. It's kind of like in a world of all these dark, gritty things with all the anti-heroes, it's sort of refreshing to just watch <laughs> something so bad and dumb. Yeah, there's something to be said. I didn't have it's nightmares just light after that. And silly. Like, that's the one problem I'll have very quickly going back to these comic things. The DC movies are like so like, right. like a sludge. Like it's just so dark and depressing and slow and badly lit and like I don't know. Like it's just one of those things where it's like so dark and it just revels in it and then Well we did house house, so we would watch House of Cards and then follow it up with a floor house <laughs> so that we could like sleep sure. okay. And it was like that's the right that's the perfect Did you house. copyright House House? Uh no, but I am <laughs> Done. Sent off to the trademark. Your little Hugh Laurie, you can get House House House. There you oh, go. House, house 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 MD. Ah, <laughs> 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 oh, sorry, I just had to talk about something that resonated with me. No, you know, it's all fine. All this superhero <laughs> bullshit. Superheroes Back to the house. Civil War again. <laughs> We've done every stereotype <laughs> that, for white people that we could think of. Uh, did you guys have a chance to see Ten Cloverfield Lane by any chance? No, I wanted to see. The ArcLight was having a members-only screening last week. You get to wear those jackets in. <laughs> yes, and I forgot my jacket. Oh, wow. it was turned away at the door. That's the worst. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, you here for the screening? <laughs> um, yeah. So I haven't seen it yet. I'm hoping to see it within the next couple of days. John saw it two nights ago uh, at a screening, and he loved it. It was really good. Yeah, it's it's an amazing John Goodman performance. That's what. Yeah, that's the best thing about it. But I heard there's not even a single tie-in to. The franchise. Not now it's being franchised. Really. I it was mean, kind of retrofitted just, into the franchise. Yeah, exactly. Right? Yes and no. Like it's the first three quarters of it, not at all. Uh, but I won't spoil anything. In the last quarter of it. Yeah. But that's when it's sort of like sort of ties it's into like the a, universe, but not yeah. really. Like it's it makes me it sad. Almost, that it they almost have to feels do that like now. it's like they had this script for this great like you know bottle episode kind of thing you yeah. know and then they just said well if we want people to come see it that's exactly what happens but it's like does it everything have to be tied to an existing property now yes and it makes me sad that's not a selling point for me because i don't really care for the first cloverfield yeah. uh, i typically like things that jj J. abrams is involved with i like mary elizabeth winstead a lot mm-hmm. i love john goodman yeah. so like to me just i thought the trailer looked cool the premise looked cool i like the actors i'm seeing it because of that i could care less about cloverfield yeah you should yelp that <laughs> <laughs> i could care less about cloverfield <laughs> why'd they put that on the poster i'm still working on my dick's last resort yelp oh. review yeah. once i get Sorry, that you out, got a lot yeah. on your plate <laughs> you big idiot <laughs> That's how I would be at one of those. That was me being a waitress there. I mean, it's completely opposite, too. Like, it's not found footage, shaky cam like Cloverfield is. It's right. like a very meticulously made, like, close quarters thriller. Like yeah. Psychological thriller more than anything else. And it's, yeah, it's really good. I'm down. It looks great. It's worthwhile. Next. I'd recommend it. <laughs> wow. Uh, well, one of the things that um, we often ask our guests to just give us a handful of movies that they love or TV shows. So we just kind of know what they like and we can talk about that stuff. 
Uh, Craig is a list maker. Yeah. Sent us a doc. Sent us <laughs> a couple docs. Let's be fair. And you got the unlock password and everything. Yeah. 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 File. yeah. Okay. It was a whole I thing. I wrote the Smithsonian and I asked him if it was okay. <laughs> yes. We wore white gloves. And please destroy the records once right. you've uh, okay, okay with it. Good. Uh, in addition to your list of everything you love this past year at the movies, you have your 100 favorite movie list, which I've often thought about doing but just have never tackled. So I thought it would be fun to each go over our top 100. <laughs> Four-day podcast. We've got time, right? That's yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wrote down your top 10. Okay. And then I challenged Vanessa and, and myself to each make our own top 10, wow. too. Yeah. Which is hard because, like, 100, I think, would be easier in a sense that I won't leave things out. <laughs> yeah. Top 10 was like, but there's this and this and this and this. So I tried to not make myself crazy and overthink it. I just kind of went with the first 10-ish that popped into my head. Like maybe, like, a dozen that I thought of and, you know, mm-hmm. settled on 10. So I thought it would be interesting to compare contrast a little bit of what we have great do you want me to hand you yours do you sure yes. yes i don't know if i know it off the top of my head so don't read all of our okay. prep it'll be so humiliating Craig's Craig's likes. Likes. okay um i can't <clears throat> prioritize things like i am not a list maker yeah because it's too i just can't rank things that are all different but the same so i had a, i didn't rank mine i will exactly. say this there is not one single movie that is in all three of our top 10 lists but there's one movie that's in two and nearly all three okay like it just didn't make mine but it ah, very likely could have first of all i should say i've had this list since i was 16 is when i started making probably i had seen maybe 98 movies at that point <laughs> and i was like oh i saw like half of Vic- victor victoria on hbl i'll put that on <laughs> yeah, it's weird. It's like, and it's, we're making it. So, it's Howard the Duck, Police Academy, Police Academy yeah. 2, Police Academy 3, Police Academy. I'm not up to date on what's going on in movies now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I've had the list for a while. I keep updating it constantly. Uh, every movie on my list I've seen at least three times, and I've seen it wow. at least within the last five years. Oh, my gosh. So, You've got a lot yeah, of rules. So I'm pretty meticulous about this, and I do a top 25 every year since 1989. Really? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Where do you put them? Are they just for yourself? <laughs> They're just for myself. Do you have any groups? that you like send them to like hey guys I'm in a movie club okay. I've shared them with there them at go. one point as a conversation starts in this time capsule they do every couple years what does the movie club do uh, well, it's it's kind of secret, so I'm not supposed to talk about okay. it. But I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I respect you. Yeah. We individually screen movies and then meet to talk about them. Oh, yeah. it's like a book club. Yeah, it's like yeah. a book club. First rule: don't movies. talk about movie clubs. Second yeah. rule: please be kind. Rewind. Oh yeah, because yeah. there's a lot of VHS tapes down there, and oh, we are so nerdy funny. enough that you absolutely know our real first rule. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those are my disclaimers. I think the other common questions I get about the movie list is like. Is this what you think are like historically like the hundred best movies, or these are your favorites? I'm like, these are my favorites, and then people are like, okay, does that mean like the movies you can watch the most times, or like the movies you think are the best? I could see why they would ask you that, yeah, particularly with like your number one movie, (laughs) yeah, Um, Schindler's List. Yep, that's what it is. Not a joke. That's what it is. It is his number one film, (laughs) which I saw once, thought it was fantastic. Sure, never feel like revisiting. Yeah, same here because it's so difficult. Yeah, but. great so that that's where like i'm like if you're doing historical like great movies i can right. see being up there but being like a favorite movie i couldn't personally rank it because i can't rewatch it that's not like an unwind at the end of the day or, or like hey this is on cable right, right. oh i caught it in the I middle great the middle. i'll just watch yeah. them the end i think i've seen it five times and it came out in 93 so five times in 20 so you years. have to well, every time you're about to re-up the list every five years you're like yeah. i gotta rewatch it so <laughs> okay. that it's still relevant it here comes the holocaust yeah <laughs> but uh but yeah i think 
It's just the most artfully made movie that I can think of about the most horrific part of mankind. So yeah. I think the intersection of that, and I just love Spielberg. Uh, I think he's great. I think he gets a bad rap, and I don't understand it. I think he's made so many classically amazing what, movies. What kind of bad rap does he have? He's very he's popular. He's the most success, successful filmmaker of all time, so yeah. he also must be the shittiest. Right. That <laughs> all checks well, out. Well, he also has a lot of sentimentality in his films, almost too much sometimes. Yes. He's almost like a modern-day Frank Capra in a lot of ways. If he gets the balance wrong, you know, yeah. it can tip into saccharine, it has in several of his movies. Right. Yeah. But that's a fair way to tip. Sure. Sure, I agree. Thanks, guys. Number two is pretty controversial, The Godfather. Oh. Uh, I happen to like that movie. I don't know. Whoa, a, yeah. a little film? <laughs> a little film, a little indie. <laughs> a little indie. <laughs> the Godfather. Uh, number three, Brazil, Terry Gilliam. Number I four. I haven't seen Brazil. Oh. It's great. It's weird. It's dark. Be prepared. Yeah. Okay. strange. But it's funny, too. But yeah, it's good. Uh, four, Citizen Kane. Five, It's a Wonderful Life. Mm. Six, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Seven, Casablanca. Eight, Manhattan. Nine, The Princess Bride. Ten, Hannah and Her Sisters. It's a good list. It's solid. Thank I you. will notice that out of the top ten, there's two Woody Allen. Yep. Two Woody Allen. Yeah. The, only, the only director to reoccur, I believe, in the top. Might be a terrible person. I enjoy his movies. He makes some good movies. <laughs> yeah. I tend to go the opposite way with Woody. I like his silly comedies. Mm-hmm. So I would go like, with, like for me, it's like Love and Death. Love and Death is, I think, the funniest movie I've ever seen. It's great. It's my favorite Woody Allen. Then, then yeah. maybe Sleeper because I like that. It's just silly. But yeah. those are movies like I watched when I was 10, you know, and they, but they still hold up. But yeah. like I wouldn't have loved Hannah and her sisters when I was 10. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> 12, maybe. Yeah. you 10. When you hit 12, you really got it. <laughs> 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 you want to see Max von Sydow just railing against uh, <laughs> the American TV and talking about how Jesus would never stop throwing up if he came back. <laughs> right after like a Pizza Hut birthday party. Sure. You know? That's right. That's like a 12-year-old thing to do for sure. me in my head. Yeah. You give your you're too old call. for Chuck E. Cheese then. Uh, all right. Mine are... Um, and granted, this has just been cobbled together recently. Sure. So not a lot of thought has gone into them. Oh, come uh, on. Except for my number one, I've known that's my number one favorite movie forever, which mm-hmm. is uh, Searching for Bobby Fisher. Oh, Such wow. a good movie. Good movie, yeah. No one dislikes it. When I say it, no one's like, that's oh, also that's my terrible. Favorite. Yeah. No one ever says it's also my favorite. Yeah. People just kind of go, huh, interesting choice. Like, that's kind of what it is. But no one dislikes it. Were you a chess prodigy as a kid? I was not. <laughs> I barely played chess. Like, I sort of understand it. But, like, <laughs> but that's the thing I love about the movie is, like, it's chess is, is it's just, like, the backdrop. It's, yeah. like, Little League or whatever. It's just it's a father-son bonding movie more than anything else. And it's I just, love like, it's so pitch perfectly great, like, everything about it. That's one thing, too, is, like, that's Steve Zalian who wrote your favorite movie yes. of all time. So there is that connection. Yeah. Um, and his his well, I used to work at Second Spin on 14th and Wilshire, and his son, Steve Zellian's son, used to come in, and I just he paid this credit card. I was like, Steve Zellian, you wrote my favorite movie, and he went to SS State like I did too, and he brought him in to meet me one oh, day because so so I don't cool. think he gets name checked to him very often, right. especially when I'm like Bobby Fisher is my favorite thing or whatever. Yeah. Oh. So he came in and said hi. It was really cool. That's so nice. That's so, awesome. that. so that's number one. Two is broadcast news. Mm, great Classic. movie. Uh, three airplane. Still just sure. kills Still me. Still hilarious. Yep. Uh, four, Defending Your Life. That's why I have two Albert Brooksy movies on here, even though he didn't sure. create the second one. Uh, five, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. It just kills me. Uh, six, Children of Men. Uh, seven, In Bruges. Eight, Waiting for Guffman. 
Nine, it's a mad, 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 mad world. And ten, Silverado. Eclectic, sir. That is eclectic. I don't think I've seen Silverado since it came out. Oh, God, I love it. It's so good. Uh, I think a, I went more with the movies that I just love to watch over and yeah. over yes. versus like what I think are like the best movies for sure. Yeah. And like and and it's harder for me to rank movie individual movies and trilogies and stuff like that. Like I would put the Back to the Future trilogy up there versus like Back to the Future 2 or whatever. Yeah. Raiders like I would put the whole Indiana Jones trilogy, not the fourth one. Well, that's one. a separate list. But but that's that's what makes it hard for me is like I can't like I love Raiders, but I think Last Crusade is my favorite of them, but I can't signal that out for my top 10 favorite movie list, if that makes sense. Yeah. But as a collection, it might make my top 10. Does that make sense? Yeah, of course it makes sense. But I just did. I just left the collections out. I got basically. very overwhelmed even trying to make a list. Here's my semblance of a list. They're in no order, and I really mean that. It's just a bag of things. Not even alphabetical you couldn't Not do? E- I, I, the alphabet is also subjective, you know, in different cultures. They're sure. in different order. Yeah, why does A get all the love? <laughs> I hate that. I, I hate mean, that. D is much better. I'm not a classist. Um, okay, so Kill Bill, Singing in the Rain. Kill Bill, both movies. Uh, I'm not. Am I allowed? I don't know so what. You can lump them into one long movie together. Okay, in one long movie. Yes, okay. <laughs> great. Uh, Sing in the rain. Love it. The Big Lebowski. Edward Scissorhands. Princess Bride. Philadelphia Story. Waiting for Guffman. Room is the only uh, one from this year. They have named mm. us. E. T. and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Wow. Yeah. So we doubled up on a couple. Of yeah. Them. Yeah. Princess Bride nearly made my list. That's the one that would have. Uh, would have yeah. done it. That's kind of universally been. delightful. It's wonderful. It's just so and nice to watch. watch so many times. Yeah, so too. many times. I love like dropping into that movie. That's a good one for the background, and you can just kind of get swept away in it. Ugh. I can't handle that she is. Um, how's the car? Like I can't reconcile those two. <laughs> Princess Buttercup. <laughs> you don't think of them as the same person? No. Yeah. Uh, Good lists, guys. Good list. I left off all the Cusack movies I love because, like, Better Off Dead, Sure Thing, oh, yeah. Say Anything. Like, I love all three of those, and like, they're they're all close to making it. I say all the time that Cusack is the voice of my generation. It feels like it's amazing. If you, you know, if you're born 1969 as I was, you know, he was the guy who represented you in every movie. You know, throughout your teen and college and young adult years, to the point of like. High fidelity. I was living in Chicago at the time. Mm. You know, uh, I could totally. I was. You know, my love life was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like I could totally relate to that world that they created. Like I remember them shooting that movie. You know, in town while I was there and. Uh, so somewhere along the line, Cusack and I have parted ways, but I still enjoy. uh, Shutter Island was that him? What was the dark one that he made? Oh, oh, it um, was a Stephen King movie. It's a room number, 1408. Just 1408. Is that there's where also, you guys went? Yeah. Also, like, uh, I can't relate anymore, John. There's also Identity, which you might also be thinking Oh, of. yeah, it was all a dream. Oh, right. That's what I'm thinking. Yes. Whatever, right. And then he played Nixon in The Butler. Right. Yeah, there was a there was a left turn. <laughs> yeah, what kills me about that is, like, he, like, if you follow him on Twitter, it's kind of nutsy. Like, there's a lot of political diatribes and stuff, and I just heard right. he's a little out there. Yeah. And and like you know, Better Off Dead is one of my favorite movies ever, and he like hates it. Like that's he's notoriously like because we've done a lot of stuff with Better Off Dead at the festival, and Savage is a friend now, and he like 
says like it breaks his heart because mm. he made the movie and it was all, it was testing great and then they went to see a screening of it and 20 minutes in Cusack like stormed out saying you made a fool out of me oh. and Savage so was like sad. but that's it was all in the script it is all in the script like the tone is very silly and it's all set that way like what did you think it was yeah. and then he's already contractually obligated to make One Crazy Summer and I guess he was like a real handful on the set Ugh. and stuff and like and I guess at, supposedly he softened on them that's what the rumor is but I don't know that to me is the mark of a celebrity I admire rather than somebody I disdain is like how tolerant they can be of their fan bases yes. of their early stuff. You yeah. Know? The, the thing that made them famous and lovable in the first place of like you can distance, distance yourself from it but still be cool to people who right. love it. And know? like hate it at home. You know, hate it at home. Cringe yeah. at home and then just be so delightful. Like what's her face? Oh, can't think of names. Jesse Spano. What's her real name? From Saved by the Bell. Elizabeth Berkeley? Yeah. Berkeley. So, like she showed up at the Showgirls screening this summer after like hating it forever because it ruined her career. But then she showed up at Senespia and like, you know, waved and like, oh, it's so, it makes you so lovable. Because yeah. if you're a cult favorite, like that's more than most people get to be. Yeah. Enjoy it. Just, yeah, embrace it. Like I don't understand it. It's like I've said it before too. It's like uh, the band that doesn't want to play their hit. And I was like, yeah. look, you got to yes. fill a set. <laughs> Yeah. So like that hit put the put get bought you your house, it, you know, a lot of stuff like it's three minutes of doing work. It's why we're here, right? right. So Please play the yeah. hit and then play, play the album stuff too. Yeah. yeah, it's fine, but just don't stop it. It's just so obnoxious. Do to the me. Civil War thing, but give us the upside down kiss in the rain, yeah. Spidey. <laughs> That's why I open every improv show I do with 10 minutes of old improv bits. Right. Oh, that's great. That's, before, that's you good. Know? That's yeah. perfect. You're so relatable, sense. you know, yeah. and accessible. I know why they're there. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when I made coffee like this? <laughs> but I hear you on the Cusack thing because, you know, I was like 76. So, you know, I was a little younger, but still yeah. I was enjoying those movies. And like, like the sure thing like should have made my list because I love it to death. And his character in that, Walter Gibb Gibson, is like one that like just his whole everything. Like I was just like, I want to be that guy. That yeah. guy is great. Um, but yeah, love him and all that stuff. I don't know what happened. Yeah, say anything in High Fidelity are the big like tent poles for me. Mm-hmm. But uh, I I love most of his movies from the eighties and nineties. Yeah, yeah, so good. Agree. Agreed. <laughs> so you are uh, constantly reenacting on Drunk History. The Civil War. The Civil War, <laughs> which there has been quite a yes. few Civil War things. Yeah. I'm sure yeah. you've done some generals and things <laughs> in the Civil War stuff. Uh, that show's amazing. And when we did Thank a you. thing at Sketchfest this past year, you were on stage at the same time doing Yeah, I was doing Thrilling, Thrilling Adventure, Adventure at the time. So, yeah. Or Spontaneous Nation, maybe. Yeah, one, one of those, those shows. Or like Work Juice Theater, I think, yeah. is what it might have been at the same time. So we couldn't get you over to it. But like we sold out the Castro, and people were like losing their minds. And it's like, wow, this show is way popular. Like I figured it was, but didn't realize the scope of how beloved it is. Yeah. I haven't really had a chance to it's, to meet the Drunk History fan base mm. in person yet to kind of see that. But you know, from what Derek was telling me and from what you're saying, it sounds like really cool. And I think the cult aspect of it has just grown in the three years that it's been on the air, where it's been kind of like an exponential growth where people, you know, it was kind of underground at first and then more and more people found out about it. And it feels like it's got a great following now. And that's for something that people thought the concept would never be able to extend for more than one episode. You know? Right. Well, what was funny about the event we did too, is like they were all drunk on stage, but the audience was all drunk. Yeah. So by the time we got to the end of it and they did a Q and a, it was like pointless. Cause the, 
Because the questions are like, and then the answer's like, what? And I was like, oh, boy, we should wrap this up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's, it's, I think what's really great about it is not only hilarious, but it really does teach history. Yeah, I think that's very important to Derek that the that it's like 98% factual and then those moments where clearly the narrator got something wrong that there is a graphic on the screen or yeah. there's some acknowledgement of like, no, we fucked this up yeah. here or, right. or whatever. But yeah, it's very important to him to get the real history out. Are you a history person? Uh, I wouldn't call myself a buff. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> do it. Call yourself a buff. buff I dare you. Call yourself okay, a buff. Okay, I'm a history buff. Yeah. Uh, no, I uh, I know a little bit about a lot of stuff. Yeah. My, you know, my my fandom for anything doesn't go that extensive. You know, uh, but I like to know a little bit about everything. Yeah. Uh, including American and world history. Has there been any episode you've done that has like sparked a new curiosity? Hmm. Uh, I think one of the things that Derek does so well is just introduce us to like people who were considered more marginal, you know? Yeah. Uh, so a lot of African American and minority, uh, and female characters from history, uh, real people from Mm -hmm. history, uh, (laughs) that their stories don't get told enough, you know? And uh, as the middle-aged white guy in the cast, uh, I get to play a lot of racists and misogynists. Finally, right? Hulk out. There's always some horrible white guy treating these people terribly. History is so that's my role. A really special place for the for the white guy. Yeah, so that's that's paying the bills. (laughs) (laughs) So when you do the reenactments, how does it work? Do they just have the the clip? Basically, they just keep running it back and forth for you to. Yeah, they. Right now, we're, we're going to start shooting in late April, I think. So right now, uh, they're shooting the drunks, mm-hmm. um, which means they're visiting this person at their apartment or a hotel room for five, six-hour session of them telling the story over and over. That's going to get edited down to a six- to seven-minute chunk, which is going to be used on the show. So by the time I come in as a reenactor, it's already been edited down into a script. Uh, the video has already been edited, and we've got the raw audio of the uh, storyteller as well. So the week before we shoot, I get videos of the five narrators that we're doing that week uh, and, and the scripts as well. But I'm usually not told who I'm playing until the day before. So oh, as wow. I'm leaving on Monday night, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you're going to be uh, Teddy Roosevelt tomorrow. <laughs> so then I'll go to the script and be like, okay, well, does he have a speech? Yes, he does. So do and they break I, it down into the dialogue in the script, too, of yeah. like Teddy Roosevelt's this, da da da? Yeah, because they got to figure out, you know, if there's an aside of just like, uh, I'm a little fucked up now. Do you make Teddy, Teddy Roosevelt right, say that? Right. Do you cut to the narrator actually saying that? Uh, so they got to just decide what to put in the mouths of what character. Yeah. So there actually is some scripting that's involved with it. Of like, here's the raw audio of the drunk. Now what characters say what things. And I typically have maybe one or two scenes a day. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know how our guest stars do it because they're typically in every scene yeah. that day and they've got pages and pages of dialogue. I maybe have one or two speeches. And so I will just loop the audio in my trailer over and over, listen to it so I can get every nuance and inflection, yeah. you know, uh, if there's a line that's like, it's like a terrible, I mean, 
like this is ugh, we got to do something about this. If that's how <laughs> if that's how they said it, yeah, that's how I have to say it. Right? You know, there's no paraphrasing. Yeah, I'm mouthing these words, so I have to get every nuance and inflection and er and um down exactly the way they say it. So I, I have a lot of time in my trailer to prep that. So usually by the time I get on set, I'm ready to go. And then when you guys do it, are you do you vocalize the? I say lines? it out loud yeah. as I'm doing. Other people just mouth it. Yeah. Personal preference. Sure. Uh, but yeah, on set, to answer your question, they will loop the audio over and over for the scene we're about to shoot. Mm. Uh, usually the guest star wants to hear it over and over because they just are coming off of another scene. Right. They had to do it. So they've got a. And they've got to revisit what they were learning, you know, 10 hours ago at home. You know, it's really tough for them. But they, for the most part, they really nail it. Was there ever one that just gave you so much trouble that you just kept tripping over? You know, the very first day I was there, I had this long speech. It was the Martin Luther King episode, and I was the guy from the FBI who posed uh, as somebody who was sending him a uh, a letter. Uh, Dear Martin Luther King, you better kill yourself. Uh, uh, attached is uh, a recording of you having sex with a lot of people. The end. I'm black. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, he posed as a, as a black man writing this letter to him. So that was the very first thing I had to shoot on the first day. Whoa. And uh, it, was, it was tough, but somehow they got it. <laughs> uh, but I think typically they trust me to give me the long-ass speeches because uh, my memorization is pretty good, and typically I get the inflections down. So to answer your question, no, I haven't had a problem. Oh, yeah. He's very easy to work with. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And if casting directors want to get in touch directly, um, yes. it's just Craig at improv.com. <laughs> Craig at improv.com. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever thought about wanting to be one of the narrators? Is there any, any crossover in that department? I mentioned that to Derek, but I th- I've not heard anything about this season. So. I'll, I'll ping him. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> ping him. Because like a lot of the thrilling people do it. Like yeah. Mark Gagliardi was the very first drunk history storyteller. Yeah. Yeah. He's pretty epic every time he does it. Paget uh, yep. is incredible. And Paul F. did it last season and was Ugh. amazing. So. He was scared to death about doing it. Well, I, I've known Paul for a while. I've seen him tipsy many times, but I've never seen him lose control of language. Because yeah. <laughs> he's such an articulate Yeah, it's kind of his hallmark of guy. how articulate he is. It's just to see him on his couch going, uh, <laughs> I think is everything that this show uh, should be. <laughs> yeah, that's rough because like, a lot of people don't realize it's not like you know they go over for an hour and he tells a story and he's done. It's like... An entire day of shooting. Well, and you have to get your, um, like, you have to get your organs tested before you can do it. They've got a, the nurse there. Is there. A medic, there's a medic yeah. on set. Yeah. Um, my friend just did it, and she was like, she had to get her kidneys tested and everything. To really? Be, yeah, there's like a whole process you go through, yeah. and then they've got the medic there. And it's she was so scared before, too, just like... Am I gonna die? Like because it's so it's treated so seriously, yeah. you know that like you're like I'm gonna lose control. They have ox- oxygen to give you if you need it. So crazy. Uh, they stick around till you're sober before they leave. Yeah, yeah. Who's your friend? Lyric Lewis. I don't know her. Um, I'm looking forward to her story. She's awesome. Cool. She's great. Uh, but it's it's a funny funny thing to like as a performer to psych yourself up to get so trashed. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. You want to do a great job on TV <laughs> and get so drunk. Yeah, that's the thing is like, you know, I drink, but I, I don't think I've, I've never been shit faced. So for me, like, I'm scared. I don't know what I would be. Yeah. So like, I just don't know what the vibe would be. I do I'm know like, what I would be. Um, not to toot my own horn, but I know I've been there and I'd, I'd be very flattering. <laughs> I'm very nice. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Earhart, you guys. I mean, she she's so pretty. so pretty. <laughs> the fun thing for me is when I get the drunks ahead of time, you know, being an insider on the show, you know, some of them are friends of mine or people I just kind of generally know from comedy. And some people are like, I have no idea who this yeah. person is. But they're typically, you know, maybe people that Comedy Central wants to promote a little bit mm-hmm. or people that Derek has met that he finds charming. So like last season, we had Claudia O'Doherty and I had no idea who she was. And now she's kind of blowing up with yeah. uh, love and everything. Yeah. And uh, I just fell in love with her from that first <laughs> You know, drunk story she told. <laughs> uh, she did the, it was Virginia Hill, I think is her name, who was a female spy that uh, during World War II that uh, Alia Shockett played, and it was so great. Mm. I love all the episodes so much. And and my parents love it too, which is kind of a surprise to it's me. It's for the whole family. It's for the whole yep. family. There's, a, there's not that much we can agree on, like comedy wise. I mean, we don't fight over it but usually our taste isn't that similar like they hate nathan for you so much <laughs> they just can't like wrap it makes their head me uncomfortable as, as well though uh, i think he's a genius he's but so I, good. I can't watch it because i i just have never been able to watch prank stuff and i hate to belittle it like yeah. calling it prank stuff but it's still basically <laughs> no it is, it is a prank yeah. it's just he's in deep <laughs> but um, yeah, that makes you super uncomfortable half the time like i'll end up going out for stuff that have prank elements in them and uh, like, i can't i can't do it either. i can't do it yeah i, just I would bad. immediately apologize Apologize. I'm yeah. sorry. This is a prank. <laughs> you know, I can. There's no way I'd be able to hold. It's just character. half the time. It's just like go and fuck with people, and then we'll laugh at their honest reactions to you being fucked with. And it's yeah. just like, but that's no one should have to have that documented. <laughs> like, I I, like I don't really like Sasha Baron Cohen stuff either, though I think he's probably one of the most fantastic actors in the world because of his commitment to Such holding commitment. on to that character. Yeah. And so, hats off, and, and to Nathan Fielder as well. They're geniuses. But I can't watch it. You and Larry and Diane are in the same okay. boat. I often say that, like, I'm just not a fan of embarrassment humor or uncomfortable yeah. stuff. So, like, for example, like, meet the parents. I'm just like, just t- he's a nice guy. Just yeah. talk to him. Yeah. This is a misunderstanding. Leave yeah. him alone. I'm like, that kind of stuff just makes me crazy. Yeah. You're going to the bathroom? Huh? All right. Bye. <laughs> uh, what about Kurt? Curb your enthusiasm? Yeah, Can you watch deal. that? Like, yeah, it, too cringy? It makes me uncomfortable. For you? I just can't do it. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Though. I can recognize that it's funny, but it just doesn't sit well with me. It just amps up my anxiety and just makes me feel not good. Yeah. And I don't. I kind of agree. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like the American version of The Office better than the British version just because Steve Carell is a little more charmed than Ricky Gervais does, though I yeah. think they're both brilliant. Um, and they got away from the cringiness a little bit uh, as The Office kind of continued and as you kind of like, enjoyed the characters a little more and they got a little more in depth into who they were. It's the same thing for me with like, I like last man on earth. I've seen all the episodes, but some of them, like he's so intolerable and he's like, it's yeah. so embarrassing his behavior that I'm just like, Ugh. yeah. Forte is another one. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like poke, 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 poke. stop yeah. poking at that. Right. Stop it. It's a little bit of that. It's like, but I still like it. And I, they made him a little, thankfully, I think they realized that they're making him so, awful that yeah. people were getting turned off by it so they've given him a little more humanity going forward but uh yeah can't handle the cringy 
I'm Hi. back, just in time. <laughs> How was your pee? It was great. Mm. Thanks for asking. Uh, let's do first, shall we? Let's do it. All right. Uh, in honor of uh, of drunk history, in mm-hmm. a sense. Um, did you do the first one, I think? Sure. Yeah. All right, cool. Uh, what was the first thing from history you remember being excited to do a report on in school? <laughs> well, we've all been saddled with things we're like, eh, about. But there's always something when you're growing up to like, get excited about. First thing from history. It doesn't have to be that either. It could just be something for from school that yeah. you were assigned to do a report on. Well, I remember doing a diorama of the solar system. There it is. Uh, where uh, I used paper mache and then balls of various sizes to create realistic depictions of the sizes of the sun Classic. and each of the planets. So nice. the sun, I think, was a beach ball. Whoa. Like a smallish beach ball mm-hmm. uh i you can see how i'm gesturing here yeah they the can side. see that yeah, <laughs> yeah. we've got okay. that technology okay great you guys can see that at home <laughs> as well and i think like maybe uh saturn was a billiard ball maybe Ooh, and then, uh, what kind of Earth home was... did you grow up in that billiard balls <laughs> well, were so we did accessible have a ping pong table and a pool table <gasps> at congratulations home, so, yeah, thank you oh a life <laughs> that, of leisure i just remember uh just putting paper mache around all these balls <laughs> Cutting them in half to form orbs. Wow. Pluto yeah. was beluga caviar. Right? <laughs> <laughs> just a dot of beluga. Just a, of beluga. Yeah. Mm, just a tiny schmear. <laughs> mm, delicious Pluto. Mm. No longer a planet. Yeah. Uh, no, it's back. It is? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. It I keeps going back and forth. I think it's back. Okay. Mm, latest count. Right. Uh, I have some good diorama memories, but I don't. I think there was like a whole um, Westward Ho sort of situation. Okay. <laughs> What's that? About the prostitutes who serve the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the we coal had just miners. watched Hello Dolly. <laughs> um, no, you know, like the whole. The Migration West? Yeah, I feel like I did a great diorama for that. But my first, like, real exciting thing to sink my teeth into was a, pro- a project on the un- Underground Railroad, railroad like an essay. Mm. But. I had assumed there was an actual small train involved, sure. and I remember that was kind of a bummer. <laughs> like, I was pretty deep in it before I realized, like, wait, there are no little trains that go through these. Because I thought, because I was living in upstate New York, and a lot of Underground Railroad stuff is there, like houses that were part, like yeah. stops on it. The and subway. In wait, my, that's what you meant, right? In my head, it was there was a huge tunnel. Um, you know, with a small choo-choo right. helping people go to safety. And that was that was a bummer. Not and was it lie. not until the Drunk History uh, episode on Harriet Tubman that set the record <laughs> Everything straight Everything came... Yeah, yeah I right. was like, how embarrassing. That report was grossly inaccurate. Uh, yep, there you go. Nice. Cole? <laughs> I think for me, one thing I can remember getting excited about, we had to do like country reports and I got Ireland. And I was like, oh, I'm partially Irish? This is cool. <laughs> And I, we had bought an Encyclopedia Britannica set, so we had one of those. Because congratulations the time, to your, your family as well. That, that was a great investment. And then the internet <laughs> happened, and completely Fahrenheit four fifty one. Those fuckers. Yeah, so sad. Um, but uh, yeah, but I just remember flipping over. Like, oh, there's a picture of it, and there's all this information on it. And uh, yeah, being like super excited to report on that. That and otters. I remember having to do a report. On otters. <laughs> I had an emperor <laughs> penguin report that I. Slayed, I have to say. I drew pictures and they weren't even required. I was big into penguins and we got to do pick our own animal, so <laughs> that was pretty good. I do also remember this though, like uh you, you remember the bookmobile things or like yeah. plastic books and stuff like that. So like I ordered some books 
And one of the ones I was excited about was like a Garfield <sighs> compendium or whatever, you know, because those Garfield books, like number 18, Garfield eats it all, whatever it is. <laughs> it's, always, it's always that. Um, but they didn't have it in stock or something. So they sometimes they would give you replacement books until that book showed up. And so instead of a Garfield. You just sounded like Owen Wilson. Instead of a Garfield, man. book showed up. Look, man. So instead of getting Garfield fucks the world, <laughs> I got was given a book on Frederick Douglass. Which oh. could not be more different. Could not be more different from Garfield. <laughs> well, they both loved lasagna. First of all, he likes Mondays. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Chapter one. Right. Frederick's happy-go-lucky Monday there. relationship. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> he, he didn't kick a dog off the counter all the time. This is terrible. But I just remember being like at first initially like, what the shit? Yeah. This what isn't Garfield. Shit? What language? But then reading it because why not? And I'd be like, well, this guy's pretty cool. <laughs> Hey, he's no normal. <laughs> oh, normal. Why did Garfield hate normal so much? Because she's so fucking perfect. Yeah. Now, normal's another cat? A gray, beautiful cat. Okay. And he always tries to send normal to Tasmania. Yeah. <laughs> Get this. He puts them in a box all the time. Her. I think normal's a girl. I think it's a girl, yeah. Normal. Why Tasmania? So far away. Far away. <laughs> <laughs> I think the message is that Garfield just wants his own space, you know, and normal's too much. <laughs> So are there fan theories about where John and Garfield live, knowing it's the furthest point of the globe away from the Oh, there should be. I think I found a new hobby. Have you seen Garfield Without Garfield, that website? Oh, it's so funny. It's the best. Yeah. It just makes John seem like the craziest person in the world. <laughs> it's so great. Very existential. Yeah. yeah. This, you know, half the time it's just him, like a blank panel, a blank panel, and then like, get up! Or whatever. <laughs> uh, it kills me. Check that out, listeners, if you mm. haven't already. This thing that was popular five years ago online. It holds up. <laughs> it does. That is true. Uh, well, let's do my question set. Okay. We do these often. Uh, it's a build a movie. This is a together we're going to build a movie uh, by adding actors, elements to the plot, whatever. There's no. Timeline stuff like Humphrey Bogart could be starring opposite Miley Cyrus, which Great. is what the studios would want now. We have that technology, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, there's no budgetary constraints, anything, anything can happen on this. Um, but also, sort of tying into this, let's build the best historical drama prestige film we can think Ooh. of, a la, you know, Spielberg's Lincoln or whatever. Hmm. Let's do something like that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, I can't start. All right. Uh, like is there a historical a- event that you would love to do this on? What's something that hasn't been covered a lot? Uh, I think I definitely want to be in the 19th century. Okay. Uh, just for period costumes sure, sure, and sure. for prestige, uh, I think. Uh, Civil War has been... How about, um, how about the Spanish-American War? Oh, finally. Oh, great. Finally. So it can end with the Treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo. Okay, great. Of great. great. Uh, so we're going to need people to play Guadalupe and Hidalgo. Right. Um, <laughs> I'm thinking Javier Bardem and Jimmy Smith. Oh, there we you go. were born to do this. And I think you know who's who. Obviously. Jimmy it explains yeah. itself. Uh, I always have to say it. Jimmy Smith's like, Jimmy Smith's based on that MSC3K thing. I don't know if you remember that. The movie Switch came out. Uh, it's Ellen Barkin, and Jimmy Smith wasn't really a star yet, but then he started to break out or whatever, so they tried to, like, wedge his name into the trailer. Yeah. So it'd be like, Ellen Barkin and Jimmy Smith! Like, <laughs> it's the best thing ever. All right, so Jimmy Smith's 
and Javier Bardem yeah. mm-hmm. are in this. As Guadalupe and Hidalgo. Yeah, they're the guys who signed the Treaty of, uh, the treaty of Guadalupe Hidalgo, which ended the Spanish-American War. Great. And um, now we need some of the American key players who we all know who they were. Sure. Um, I'm going to just suggest uh, we have... Well, the, mm-hmm. this is the war that, like, Hearst and... Pulitzer maybe kind of created, okay. right? Because it was like a newspaper war. Of like we got to sell more papers. Here we go. Right? It's a and newsy sort of situation. So there can there can be newsies Great. involved as well. Bieber you know? as a newsy. Bieber is a newsy. Oh, maybe he's that big newsy. That's um. Like he's the boss newsy of all the little kids. Sure, like he's like the Mrs. Newsy. Hannigan. Kid of, Blink, played by know. Haley Joel Osment in Drunk oh, History. Oh yeah. yeah, I remember that one. That was good. Wait, what if we have Haley Joel as uh, Hearst? In sure. age makeup, like yes. a lot of age makeup. Yeah, he's fantastic. That would work. Oh, so we're going to do this like Bugsy Malone where like kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that's nice. Except for Smiths and. Except for Smiths and. and, and Javier Bardem. Right. To bring some gravitas. Yeah. Because right. they need that. So those ending scenes, especially. Yeah. Um, maybe. Uh, no, let's go with like former child actors who are now in their 20s. Oh. Playing these parts. Or so. wait, what about Matilda? What's her name? Mara She's Wilson. so cute. Mara Wilson. Sure. She can play. Seems weird for Pulitzer, but we can do it. <laughs> She's Pulitzer. She's right. got a top hat and a beard. You guys are aware that Curly Sue is a contestant on The Voice this oh, season? Oh, yeah. Wait, yeah, she yeah. is? She yes. really is. How's she She's doing? Fan- She's killing She's it. fantastic. Yeah. Does she still have that mane? <laughs> <laughs> no, the hairstyles changed slightly oh, man. over the Does years. Does she still like Paschetti? Uh, I, she loves Pischetti. Uh, she became, uh, I think, an addict and an alcoholic. Oh, no. Uh, and she's clean now. She got on the show by, uh, she got hit by Christina Aguilera's car. And Wait, what? No, oh, sorry. I was like, she's, is she's, that true? Because she's, she's that's a lot like here. the movie. She's guys. drifting her way into the show. <laughs> I'm so excited for her. Well, she needs to play a big part. Yeah. Um, as the she can be female one of the re- pivotal role. Allison yeah. Porter. That's her name, I believe. Alison Porter. Okay. Yes. She's in the movie. Once. Oh, I was like, is that a historical name? No, or is that, that's, that's, that's Curly, Curly Sue's name. Allison, once you win The Voice, come on down to our little film. Oh, we'd love to have you. And we're going to send you to Cuba. For three weeks. Yes. It's going to be gonna a shoot. quick shoot. Now we've got a trade uh, openness with there Cuba, yeah. so we're, we're going to shoot Cigars there. Cigars for everyone. Funny yes. enough, I had started following her on Twitter pre-voice, being like, she'd be a good pop my culture guest. I love Curly Sue. And now like she's blowing up. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, maybe it'll be hard to get her one of these. Well, maybe she plays, um, what if, now I'm not too familiar with the whole ins and outs of the Spanish-American War, but from what I remember, there was a... Uh, beautiful Spanish woman of power who came through a tunnel and posed as an American and got in the middle of this whole mix, right? And then there was a love triangle. Is that all correct? And she'll be playing that role, okay. which is the name of the character is, of course... Um, the Contessa. The Contessa. And then when she comes to America, she's Betsy Washington right. as a code name, mm-hmm. but she's secretly the Contessa. Yeah. And there's a love triangle between her and the American. Haley Joel and... Um, uh, Javier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. She was trying to help the Spanish side, which we all know what they wanted out of this. <laughs> I think you're misremembering. I think it's about a woman who comes to America. Mm-hmm. She's Spanish, right? And she opens up a little flower shop, and around the corner, an American has a flower shop. That's right. And they're competing oh. with each other. Oh, he's got a big flower shop. Right. Costco. 
And they they have a secret pen pal thing where they send flowers back and forth, but right. they don't they realize that's the that war the of the roses, person. you guys. And oh, that's a different oh, right. history. All oh, right, yeah, right. that's like Henry the yeah with the other yeah things. the sixth yeah. yeah, and this a glove slapping <laughs> scene. Um, okay. I think our movie can encompass all of that history. That's good. Because people, they need to have the whole fabric sewn for them, you know? Because history repeats itself. That's the thing. So is it inaccurate to loop it all in together? I don't think so. No, it's cyclical, yeah. Yeah. Well, what are we going to call it? We need a title. Because the Spanish-American War is too stuffy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No one's going to like that. Adios Contessa. Oh, oh like that. that's perfect. Sure. In one of those sort of scripty fonts. <laughs> like yeah. very scripty yeah, We're scrolling. seeing the same font. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. it's sort of um, very... It almost... The cover almost looks like a romance novel. Yeah. Except for in the background, everyone's fanning <laughs> themselves with newspapers. Mm, who's going to direct this spectacle? Because it's got It's prestige. They're going to get a nomination out of it. Well, who de- uh, directed The Prestige? Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan. Okay, so this is a Christopher Nolan picture. So it's, yeah, it's historical drama, but every once in a while the score's like, <laughs> I think it'll be good for the layers upon layers yeah. that we're doing. Right. Because it's movie. like Inception, too. Yeah. It's like, what time period are we in? It doesn't matter. Chris Nolan makes sense of it. And we right. just say exactly. When people raise questions, you just yeah. say exactly. Yeah, like, why was Henry VIII uh, mm-hmm. at the Battle of San Juan Hill? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Oh. oh, and then at the end, we'll end with one picture of a rose. Uh, like, it, you think it's going to die because it's winter? It's spinning, it's spinning, yeah. and it's spinning. Yeah, but it yeah. doesn't die. It just shakes its beautiful rose head in the sun, even through the winter. I can picture the poster now. I didn't care much for Adios Contessa. <laughs> Craig Kikowski. <laughs> Co-writer. That's, that's what we want with it. All right, well, we did it. Uh, Vanessa, let's do your questions. Have you ever met an Olsen twin? Uh, a... <gasps> No, <laughs> I was going to say a twin with the last name Olson, uh, or specifically the entrepreneur is Mary Kate and Ashley. Yeah, the billionaire. No, I have not met them. Oh, did you? I got so excited. <laughs> she did. Surely um, not. Okay, if you were actually going to be really drunk and go to a time in history, and you have to be drunk for a solid week, oh, we get out of the time machine and you're just plastered, but you have to survive for a week. <laughs> what era do you go to, oh. and where? Oh, well, I think like. You know, Gatsby era Roaring Twenties. Oh yeah, you're gonna be like um, a fun hobo type. Yeah, everyone's drunk there. You know, nobody's gonna judge you. You know, you just make appearances at different parties. The bathtub gin is flowing. Oh yeah, as long as you you got a suit and a hat, like nobody's gonna question you. So you'll have to put those things on before you go in the time machine. Oh yeah, because it's not magic. <laughs> I don't imagine they appear in that time period. Right. They in period clothes. Clear on that. Okay. Point. Yeah. Well, the drunk history costume department is fantastic. Great. I'll tell them I'm going back in time. <laughs> Got and I era. need something era appropriate. <laughs> Great. Um, okay. I follow you on social media. Mm-hmm. I need a sentence from you about your Britney Spears experience. Something hopefully that titillates the senses. <laughs> Craft it carefully. <clears throat> The snake was fake. <laughs> the, <laughs> the the vocals were pre-recorded. Mm-hmm. She looked fantastic. Okay. The dancers were great. <gasps> I did not pay for my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> 
got my money's worth. <laughs> <laughs> Truly a night to remember. Yeah. Did you have fun? I had a great time. Were you yeah. familiar with any of the tunes? Sure. Uh, I would say Baby One More Time is still my favorite. Or Stronger is another Britney song that Are I you enjoy. also in a Britney club where you have like a secret list of I Britney movies? I can't talk about it. But oh, I'm so yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, no, I think... She did maybe 20 songs in medley form, mm. you know, she didn't sing any song in full, right. you know, like she moves on pretty quickly. They all started to blur together after a while, right. you know, <laughs> she definitely was not singing live. Uh, but I took my, uh, 15 year old niece there. So dream date. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Date. She had a great time. Well, I'm super jealous. And my 75 year old moms. So. Oh, <laughs> yeah. did she have fun too? Everybody had a good time. Did everyone think that she was still? Do you feel like she still has showmanship? My mom. <laughs> <laughs> this is the question everyone's dying to know. I, did she command the stage? Oh, I. <laughs> she's a she's a dancer and she's an attractive woman. So she commanded the stage in that way. I don't have a lot of respect for her vocal prowess right. or, or lack thereof. Well, you know? I saw Madonna in concert this year. Okay. I've never been, I'm so sorry, a huge fan of. I love uh, the hits, you yeah. know. But I've. it was more of a situation where a friend was like, come with me, last minute. I was truly impressed with what a showman she is. Like, wow, a real performer. I was uh, on such a high afterwards. Like, I was t- felt like I was right. telling people, you've got to check out Madonna. <laughs> people already have. Um, so I didn't know if you had a similar... <laughs> who is this? Singer. How do you spell it? There is this woman who... Oh, she's outlandish. She's crazy. I'll check it out, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I, I would not put Britney in that category of being a showman or okay. showwoman. Uh, but I think when you go to see a, a pricey show in Vegas, you're hoping for spectacle, and there was spectacle. Like the lights and the sets were really cool. Oh, you know, okay. that's why I you're get there. it. I get it. It's a little it. like seeing a Cirque du Soleil show. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, now this is sort of like pretend we're on Family Feud, and you're like, I'm asking you the question, but you're asked, you get to reveal everything on the board. Like if I was like, top five places a dog pees. Okay. It's all on you. Okay. So this is top five best pieces of advice for an improviser. And then I'll say, do we have, and we always will have it, okay? Okay. <laughs> listen. Do we have, listen. Ding, 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 ding. All right. Make a strong choice. Woo, make a strong choice. Show me, make a strong choice. Oh, make a bold choice. We'll take it. Okay. Keep going. Can I throw one in? Uh, no, but. <laughs> no, okay. yes, and no, but is not there. Oh, darn it. Uh, choose to know is one of my Ooh, big things. Ding, 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 ding. We have choose okay, to know. Good. <laughs> um, uh, uh, treat everything your partner says like gold. Mm, do we have treat everything your partner says like gold? <laughs> I think gold? we're going to. I think we're going to. <laughs> yep, do we do? And I think we have one more on the board. What's it gonna be? Just Ooh. have fun. Do we have just have fun? Number one answer. Wow. <laughs> Those were really great pieces of advice. Hey, thank you. Uh, do you feel like, how many of those do you feel like were taught to you and how many of those have you sort of cultivated as like this is your... I think fun was not stressed enough. Yeah. When, I went through classes in Chicago. I studied with Del Close uh, and he was not tons of fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was more about like the art and the nuts and bolts of it, I think. But my students... Uh, I see them just trying to get really good at improv mm-hmm. and forgetting to be playful and to have joy, 
You yes. know, it should be a joyful experience. And I think when you go to see an improv show, that's where you really respond to is how much fun the players seem to be mm-hmm. having. And that's what hooks people on the art form in the first place is like, wow, I want to be friends with all those people. They look so cool. You know, I want to have that much fun. So I tell my students whenever they do a show, they have that same debt to pay to any audience, you know, that they need to uh, hook people into the art form by making it look like fun. Yeah, yeah I you love can tell that. sometimes when people are working up there, and like those are the worst shows to watch. You don't want to see people thinking really hard. You yep. know, I would rather see two people fucking up and having a blast than two people doing technically correct improv and looking miserable while yep. doing it. Yes, know? that's so. Um, Patrick Bristow says his three things are joy, focus, relax, and I love those because I am teaching at Groundlings now, and like yeah. people get so in their head and so mad at themselves, and it's like the biggest thing is this is. This is not a job right now. Like you, yeah. you need to be having fun. You owe it to yourself and to each other, and it's contagious. Um, but yeah, people don't really talk about that. It's just sort of assumed you're going to have fun. You can't improvise while red flags are going off in right. your head. Yeah. You know, like any good scene is a good scene because of the rule that it broke, not the rule that it adhered to. Mm, this is that on the board? Uh, no, <laughs> no, long, it's not. I'm so sorry. We were asking Middle America. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's right. That was too insider. <laughs> Number one answer is actually. Hats, hats. So. <laughs> Big props. <laughs> okay, this is your last question. Okay, you've angered a wizard, and he is giving you a choice between two punishments mm-hmm. uh, because he likes to watch you squirm. Okay. Would you rather never ever have any facial hair again, Ooh. a naked face forever, or you can do what you like with your facial hair, but you will always have a thick, dense hair belt growing around the circumference of your waist? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I and you do. can't do anything about it, so don't say you're going to shave it or anything. Right, right. No, that's a given. It's Thank a you. wizard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the, your listeners will be able to see the photo from me from this episode where I have a thick, juicy stash mm. going on right now, which mm, I specifically shaved city. down to this morning for an audition where I'm playing a gym coach. So, <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, nailing it. <laughs> <laughs> once I find out I did not get that role, the stash is coming off because <laughs> it creeps out my wife. Um, I typically have facial hair, so yeah. it would be tough to lose it, but I really don't want that thick band of waist, so I know. I'll go clean shaven for the rest Whoa. of my life. Yeah. Do you think your wife will like or not like that? Uh... <laughs> She she likes full beard. She likes clean shaven. She doesn't like stashed because then I but look what like about, her dad. What about um, hair belt that she has to see? You know, we've never tried it. So <laughs> and the I'm not going to so. rule it out. Who knows? 2016 could be the year of the hair belt. Year of the hair Ugh. belt. 2015 is the man bun. So oh, yeah. Why not? What's next? Yeah. If uh, Chris Evans has a, uh, a hair belt, hair in, belt Avengers. In, uh, in Avengers, then it might be a trend. It's true. Or Gable, uh, it happened one night. It's true. We did it, guys. We did it, guys. We made it all the way through. Uh, thanks <laughs> for being here, Craig. My pleasure. You, really uh, people can follow you on Twitter. Yep. You are at Kikowski. That's correct. Um, anything else that people can look forward to checking out soon? Uh, if you got the new NBC app, CISO, there's a show called oh, yeah. Bajillion Dollar Properties <gasps> that uh, I'll be appearing on I'm multiple so times, hopefully, depending on how they've edited it. Mm-hmm. Veep Season 5, I'll be in a few episodes of that. That's and, great. Uh, Drunk History, we haven't started shooting Season 4, but I imagine it'll air sometime in the fall. Awesome. Awesome. Well, follow Craig on Twitter at Kikowski. We're on there, too. I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Ragland. The show is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening, and thanks for being here, Craig. Yay! Thanks, guys. Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com. And follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>